Prodigy is a production of iHeartRadio. Happy holidays, everyone. I decided to put together an episode that goes a bit lighter on the academia, a bit heavier on the alcohol, and gets into the real reason for the season. Presents. Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. Out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. I'm joined by Dr. Mary Eberhardinger for an episode on gift giving. Mary and I had mutual friends in high school and went to the same university. She went on to get her PhD in rhetoric with a focus in philosophy of communication. Her thesis won the Distinguished Dissertation Award at Duquesne University, so she adapted it into a book. There's a link and 30% off promo code in the show notes. The book is dense with intellectual information, but we decided to keep this conversation more casual. So put on your stretchy pants, grab a glass of wine, and get ready for the airing of grievances. Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. We're both from Charlotte, and I'm going back next week, but you are not. Yeah, no, I mean, my family's going to Asheville anyway, but I was going to ask you, what is the real meaning for the season? Connecting with yourself, with with, with people, pets included. I grew up in um, Christian Catholic-oriented family um, from Baltimore. We, we moved to Charlotte in the 90s, and gifts were, were, were a big deal, were a big part of our traditions. And it's funny, I, I have a little brother. He's two years younger than me. I'm 35. He has a 15-year-old. You know, I watched her grow up and she observed our traditions, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the people are giving and, and rapping and doing this exchange on, on Christmas morning. She would take knickknacks off the shelf, and, and she's five, and take newspaper and wrap them up and and she would give a knickknack to each of my family members on Christmas morning. It just literally knickknacks around our house, and she just wanted to participate in the way she could. It, it's what we observe as small children, and the manner and the way of of, of, of giving. And so it, it was a really sweet thing she used to do. Then we grow up, though, right? Yeah, th- yeah. Then we grow up. That's actually what I was going to go into. Is like what you're philosophy on gift giving is now because you know when your family gets large it's like oh i'm gonna go out and like buy like 40 gifts through people and so we sort of took on the philosophy at some point like we'll just give to the kids and you know and i like that one because the kids are the ones who i feel like enjoy it the most anyway so i think this year i might have to give people gifts of uh, a donation to the human fund um it's just a much better cause a donation has been made in your name to the human fund what is that made it up The Human Fund. Money for people. So I have a step-grandmother. And sometimes we're all kind of there at at the grandparents' house. And and there is a silent, just non-spoken, I will say, competition over who can make grandma cry first with the enormity and wonder 
of the gift. Like <laughs> who has the best gift is going to make grandma cry first. And, and one year, one of my, my aunts who, who got her Pavarotti tickets, Ooh. she won game over. Well, that year was, was opera tickets and just no one could compete with that. Oh man, I'd be like, grandma, I love you so much, but I can't afford a gift. And so I made you this. <laughs> so the tears were a signal of validating <laughs> the thoughtfulness and the, the greatness of the gift. And that happens. Like, if you can like evoke tears, then are you doing like the best job in the room? I, I don't know how you feel about that or if you've ever witnessed someone cry over a gift. Well, kids, for sure. They're like, I said Ninjago. But uh, I would ask, have you ever re-gifted? Yes. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. And yes, I wrote a book on gift, but I, it doesn't mean I adhere to ethical standards of, <laughs> of the yeah, re-gift. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, isn't re-gifting the most efficient thing, really, you know? Because the person gets the pleasure from giving it to you, and then you, you get to give it to somebody else. The pleasure. Yeah, yeah. It's really, I mean, is it a funner thing to give or to receive? And hey, if you're not satisfied, I think you have the right to do what you please with it. And re-gifting is, is a modern option that a lot of us do. So Giving is way more pleasurable than receiving, right? I would think so. At the same time, doesn't it feel good to to also receive. No. That's a vulnerable position to receive. No. <laughs> no. Well, especially because like in my family, like we got the the whole we'll get kids things and then people will buy me stuff and give me a gift. And I'm like, damn it, I thought we weren't doing that. And um, when you have a family member or whatever and you like you buy them something, you know, you, you know, they really like and you wrap it and stuff, you get to see them open it. I mean, to me, that's like just way more of a process than just like receiving a gift, you know? It is. Do you have a favorite gift or least favorite gift that you ever received, maybe as a kid or, you know, as an adult? Yeah, absolutely. One year for my birthday, I received a half-dead houseplant. <laughs> um, or you can call it half-alive. It, it, it sits on your desk. And I don't know how long the plant was on her area before it was decided to be handed over to me, but I, I did my best with it. And but it's okay. It, it's a thought. It's a gesture. And I was thought of. And that is what's important. Maybe they just wanted to get rid of it. Yeah, it was like sitting on their shelf. Yeah, I can clean out a bunch of junk I need to get rid of just by uh, wrapping it. One of the best gifts I ever received was a Japanese chin female puppy. But it came in a close tie with a, a Japanese rice cooker. Wait, a Japanese what puppy? I have two Japanese chin dogs. One male, one female, and one year. Where are they? Downstairs. They want to be with me right now. I'm looking it up. This breed changed my life. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's a fancy looking dog. <laughs> They're not cheap. And um, it's like a piece of Japan because I lived there for a few years and I really wanted a, a part of Japan with me at all times. And this is a perfect companion breed. It's kind of, They're kind of like cats. So someone for my birthday gave me the dog. That's a risky gift right there. Risky? Well, yeah, like giving someone a, a puppy, you know? It is responsibility, right? It's, it's a bit of a burden. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But that's awesome. 
Well, yeah, some gifts can be burdensome, like the gift of a horse. Uh, you, you have to take care of it. There's going to be vet bills. Yeah. Um, it's expensive, but it is given in the gesture uh, of a gift. So that's one of the best things I, I've ever received. But again, it came in a close tie with a, a Japanese rice cooker, which cooks perfect rice that tastes almost like pasta and it goes well with any mm. any dish you have. I highly recommend Japanese technology rice cooker. Editing this episode and this bit just made me laugh. The gift of her dog came in a close tie with a rice cooker. She seemed so passionate about this Japanese rice cooker that I looked him up and the reviews are phenomenal, but they're not cheap. Regular rice cookers are around $30 on Amazon, while the Japanese ones range from two to $500. Do you remember when um, the Japanese was he, prime minister gave Putin <clears throat> the puppy? And he was like yes. holding it by like the scruff of the neck. <laughs> and Putin's like, a, I guess like he's a notorious like dog person, which is weird because he totally seems like um, sociopath to be able to do all the like Russian spy stuff that he does. But I know what, what's the tradition in, in Japan for uh, Christmas uh, and like gifts and stuff. A lot of my inspiration for, for writing the book and the dissertation, which is really the, the same thing, was living in Japan and noticing the, the gift giving practices and traditions that they do. And it's very much used as a way to diffuse relationships, forge new friendships. It's just a huge nonverbal gesture. So they're considered a high context culture, which means that they rely on non-words more than the literalness of words. So if you compare it to the U.S., we are considered a low context culture, which means that we rely on the kind of the verbosity, the, the, the literal verbal words or written words to, to understand a point. But, but with, with Japan, they are observing body language, the context, the environment, how people feel. Gift is one of these objects that, that it communicates things that words can't communicate. So gifts are given in the beginning of business relationships. If you start a new job, you give a gift to your boss, to the second person in power, to maybe something very small to like the whole staff. But the key is, is not leaving people out. That sounds so stressful. Holy crap. Yes. 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 There's pressure to, to have something to give to sometimes the whole staff room. So it's got to be small, usually edible, something from your hometown. Okay. Yeah. E even if you like uh, on the weekend, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to go to the beach, maybe you go to Okinawa, which is like the Hawaii of Japan for, for a weekend. But then you come back to the workplace. People would often have a small like piece of candy or something sweet from the beach. And it's just kind of anonymously placed on each person's desk. And it's a sign, I will say, of collectivism. And let's think of the group. And we were lucky, you know, someone was lucky enough to take a trip to the beach over the weekend. We, we better share just a small piece of what we experienced with everybody. That's the number one place that I want to travel to because I love sushi. I love ramen. And I mean, I'm sure the culture is amazing. <laughs> it's 
beautiful, I'm sure, but I want to get the sushi that's fresh right out of the ocean and um, all the ramen. It's really good. So one of my dogs just entered. Okay, that's fine. My dog's in here too. Do you guys have any like food traditions? I mean, like food is, seems to be such a big part of like the holiday tradition. Like, do you guys do? You're welcome to grab the dog and hold a, hold the dog up and bring it into the podcast. Okay. We will have to put a picture of this dog in the show notes. Come here, come here. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is Yuki. Oh man, that is cute. Okay, okay. that's pretty cute. Yeah. He's okay. here. He's gonna be here. He's got a little mug. Yuki. <laughs> that's fine y-u-k-i oh that is a cool name actually it means snow oh, okay cool that's a sweet name <laughs> it's fun to say yuki thank you so yeah the food uh <laughs> the food thing do you guys have any like food traditions he's got a little mohawk i'm mm. sorry come back to the dog they i see a bunch of them with the little mohawk like they got the white <laughs> stripe on the top and then black on the sides yeah that's weird it must be, it's like part of their breed trait it's like a skunk but, but like some people yeah. have criticized him and said that he looks like something called Predator. That that <laughs> kind of was a rude, rude thing to say to me. <laughs> it was an ex-boyfriend. Predator. It was an ex-boyfriend. He was jealous over, over this little one. He's like, your dog looks like oh. Predator. I'm like, bye. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That would be the that's the quickest way for yeah, for me to end a relationship would be to insult my dog. What if a girl came in your home and made fun of your dog? Well they always say like they say like, oh she has a lazy eye and I'm like, it's not lazy, it's just tired. Right. Right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm, I love dogs. But uh we'll we'll put a picture of Yuki and what's your other dog's name? So her name's Suki. Okay, and um, oh my goodness, you got the other one too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Yuki and Suki, they're lovers. This one was the okay, yeah, yeah, she's a little chonky, just a little chonky, like in a good way. Yeah, so do you guys have any food traditions at Christmas? These days, my mom goes to Costco, gets a ham, does it easy for herself, it's efficient. Yeah, efficient. Growing up with like, I will say Polish-German-esque tradition, you know, some sauerkraut, some some Polish sausage. Um, these days, it, it's just people are, are kind of getting tired and they just want to get it done. But not, nothing too crazy. I don't come from like a Ukrainian family or something. Oh, we're Italian, so we do the the dinner of the seven fishes, where there has to. In fact, my dad shared a Google Doc the other day to like uh, count up the different fishes that we would uh, have. The feast of the seven fishes is an Italian American tradition where on Christmas Eve you eat at least seven different types of seafood. There's an origin to it that I won't get into, but some of the most commonly used dishes are things like octopus salad, smelts, stuffed calamari, lobster, and salted cod. That's amazing, Lowell. Nowadays, you know, there's so many like little nieces and nephews running around trying to like poke me and stuff. And, you know, when I bring my dog, she doesn't like kids, so she keeps them away from me, which is nice. But um, you, you can't bring your dog? Well, no, I do, and um, the kids just can't come near me when she's around because she hates kids. I don't know what it is, but she's just like, no, okay. once you get to a certain age, you're cool. But like below that age, no, not happening. 
she's uh, special. She's special. She has her preferences. One thing I did want to ask about was, which I found really interesting, was like your thoughts on gifts as soft power. I had a landlord when I was younger who I was like, <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I was going to do a website for him for like his building company or something. And we were having a dinner and he was talking about how he used gifts to get leverage over people and i was like left the meeting being like wow this 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 guy is crazy um he seems like very very (laughs) narcissistic like to be thinking it out like that but i mean like Mm -hmm. you know i'm tempted to do stuff like that like oh i wonder if like if i get my boss this gift like it will but then i'm also like "Mm, i could create this like weird sort of imbalance situation and um i was just curious like what you found with your research about it Mm mm-hmm the person who has the giving hand is the hand in power. So Japan once gave Vladimir Putin the gift of a dog. It was an Akita dog, and he loved it. For the first time in a long time, the Japanese people saw Vladimir Putin smile, and they were pleased, and they thought that, okay, he's receiving our gift. There should be smooth kind of negotiation waters ahead. This is going to be good for us in the years to come. So like years later, Japan actually attempted again to give another gift to Putin, another dog. And this time around, Putin uh, rejected the gift. He said no. I'll take it. I know. And like something about like Putin was afraid that the dogs would like reproduce. Or like had like a listening device. I know. <laughs> he basically said no to the gift. So you only got the one niece so that means she probably gets a bunch of stuff a bunch of the good stuff what she uh what she asked for this year she doesn't ask specifically but i got i bought her a a, a massage gun like something that that automatically (laughs) massages your body oh my dad likes that stuff too yeah does he he's the worst gift receiver of all time but we'll talk about that later Receiver, right? There's an art to the receiving. It's to to handling and right, acknowledging and thanking. Yeah. So I'm curious what your dad does. Is your dad from Italy? Uh, not directly. You know, like he's he's a second, mm, second or third, second generation. Okay. If he ever asks for anything, which he rarely does, he's like, "Don't get me anything. Don't get me anything." Like, what do you want? And then it's like always something like are like really expensive and so people just get him like whatever and then you could just tell you could just tell he doesn't really like it and then you know of course he brings it back so my dad's like the kind of guy he loves costco and he'll go and he'll buy something and then you know like nine times out of ten he'll return it and i like to joke that he just like rents stuff from costco they got like a picture of him up on there he's like on the most wanted list <laughs> he returns it <laughs> Yeah. See, Costco is a charm thing. Yes. Yeah, he's like he likes to brag about how long a- after the return policy he can like return it. <laughs> um, but he's, a, he's a nice guy. No, but second generation is pretty close. You're keeping some of those, I don't know, tendencies. And yeah, yeah. My mom and dad both speak both speak Italian. How about you? No. <laughs> okay. I'm like Brad Pitt and Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. Uh, Bonjour, okay. um, though. Yeah, you got your tree up. Is that a, yeah. a real tree or a fake tree? Absolutely fake. Do you have a tree? Sorry, I don't have a tree. And, you know, people might get mad at me. I But I did light this Fraser <laughs> fir candle um, in celebration. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. But, okay. uh,. I don't know. I, I do like I like the tree and the lights and stuff. It just feels, you know, like warm and cozy and homey. But 
you know, I feel like a good maybe takeaway for this year is with all the stuff that's been going on and, you know, Mm -hmm. all the shipping delays and all that stuff is like, maybe just don't feel bad if you don't give someone a gift, like give them Mm -hmm. the gift of a compliment or something, or maybe, you know, maybe alcohol or something like that. Some cookies. Um, But yeah, you know, it's (laughs) nice to be able to like spend time with your family, you know, in a responsible way. Um, We don't get to see them so Mm -hmm. much anymore. But you're not going to Asheville, right? This year? It's a story, man. Um, Is it complicated? Well, we, don't have to, we don't have to talk about it. No, no, it's totally fine. It's just, uh, <laughs> so it probably makes me look bad. My sister has like a new baby. And so my parents for the very first time ever were like, oh, we'll pay for Ender to get my dog to get uh, like pet sitting at here. And I was like, no, she's coming with me because she's like, oh. she's like my emotional sport dog. Right. And so I, I wanted her. And she's, Absolutely. Like, well, and she's like, oh, we'll pay for Ender to get pet sitting in Asheville. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> she has to be with me at all times. And so they were worried about, and so to sort of um, teach them a lesson to not do that ever again, I was like, (laughs) well, you know what, maybe I'll just stay at home. But also, I, you know, I kind of want to stay at home, but I might go up Christmas Eve, who knows, you know, it's not too far, it's just like three hours. I get it, I get it, yeah. Who would be interested in your book? Because it does read quite academic, you know, it's really intelligent, (laughs) who would be the type of people who would be interested in it? People who are interested in, okay, public diplomacy soft power, Japan, philosophy, communication. I mean, like it's very philosophical. The book is all about giving something. Thanks to Dr. Mary Eberhardinger. You can find a link to her book with a 30% off promo code and her socials in the show notes. But you gotta move quick because the promo code will expire. Next episode is on the dark forest an unidentified aerial phenomena. I've been working on this one for a long time and I'm really excited that it's about to come out. Anyway, I gotta go prepare for the feats of strength. Have a wonderful holiday. And now as Festivus rolls on, we come to the feats of strength. Will you pin me, George? Festivus is not over. Somebody stop this. Let's rumble! Very special thanks to Gianna for voicing the intro. Even though Ender is still suspicious of her, she's the only person I actually got a gift for this Christmas. Prodigy is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.